Thank you, Mark, and good morning again, everybody, and uh, I'd like to add my welcome to St John's this morning. My name is Andrew Bowles, I'm one of the ministers here, and it's great to be talking to you about that passage and about Easter Sunday uh, as we gather together this morning. During uh, the children's talk, Carolyn shared a time when she and her family felt uh, lost, confused and uh, worried, and I wonder if, as you're listening to that, or you can think about a time when you felt the same way, when you felt confused or disoriented, uh, perhaps a time when you found yourself oh, not knowing where you are, or something completely unexpected has happened all of a sudden and you don't know what to do. It's not a good feeling. Um, I often find myself confused uh, on the first night when, we, when I sleep in a new bed somewhere, in a new place, perhaps when I go on holidays, for instance. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night, it's completely dark, I don't know where I am. Freak out. Uh, you might have had the same experience. You wake up and say, I have no idea where I am at the moment. And on several occasions, this has led to me trying to punch a hole in a tent on the first night of a camping trip uh, in an attempt to escape. Um, so a sense of confusion, not knowing where we are and not what's going on, it's a very strange feeling. It's not a good one. And until we figure out what's happening, it can be very distressing uh, to be in those kinds of situations. Uh, well, as of course we've said, today is Easter Sunday. It's celebration of the resurrection of Jesus and arguably the happiest day on the Christian calendar, the most joyful time of the year for Christians. But as we read that uh, reading just now, we saw what happened on the first Easter Sunday and actually we saw that the first emotion that anyone actually felt about the resurrection of Jesus was confusion. Uh, disorientation, fear and worry. And so the friends and disciples of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday were completely taken off guard uh, by finding the empty tomb where they expected Jesus' body to be and they were plunged into confusion. And so and why, why were they confused? Well, I think we can understand. They, had, they thought they knew what was going to happen now that Jesus had died on the cross a few days earlier because it was going to be what always happens when someone dies, what's always happened since the beginning of time. So they knew what they were going to do, what they were supposed to feel. They were going to go about the usual grieving process that we do for someone that we love. They were going to go and prepare Jesus' body for burial. They have a period of grief, comfort each other, figure out how to move on with life and what was going to come next. This is all good stuff. This is the things that we do when someone dies and I'm sure we would do the same if we were in that kind of situation. Um, when someone comes to this church to uh, have a funeral for a family member or a friend, we emphasise this is important. We have to do what um, is expected and to, to, to deal with death. We go through the process, we arrange uh, for the body to be buried, we say an appropriate farewell, it's time to grieve, it's time to move on and let go. It's a hard thing to do, really hard to do, but it's expected. We know what's going to happen. And that's what Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, uh, they've come to start doing that early in the morning uh, on the first day of the week, as we read in our story. So they come here, and in the middle of that, bang! A huge change in their direction. They're hit by a series of events that completely throw them off track and confound all their expectations. The stone's been rolled away from the tomb. Jesus' body has been disturbed. But then they go inside and find it isn't there at all. It's, been, it's disappeared. And then when they're processing that, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning appear beside them. 
Uh, it doesn't say there, but uh, these are angels, uh, messengers from God. Um, and these two men told them, well, Jesus isn't here, he's risen from the dead. So you can imagine, these are a series of things that they complete, were completely unexpected for them. Any one of them would be enough to, to throw you off. Just the empty tomb alone, or even just the stone being missed. But all these things add up to something that's completely confusing. Um, but I think these women are quite um, self-possessed and they actually do take it in. They eventually take in what's supposed to have happened and start to realise, oh, Jesus has come back to life. This is actually good news. And so they go back and try to tell the other disciples about this wonderful news. And the disciples are really excited, aren't they? Really pleased and joyful that it's happened. No, they're confused as well. They don't even believe it. It sounds, it sounds like nonsense to them. Um, and so the reading ended, ended on, a, on a kind of um, quiet note. Peter's at least willing to go and have a look and see what's happened. He starts to be confused as well and wonders what's going, going on. So this is Easter Sunday, uh, first time, confusion, fear and disbelief. This is how, th- how the, cri- the first Christians celebrated the first Easter Sunday. So that's how it began and that's where it might have stayed unless something else had happened because the idea that someone could come back from the dead is a big call, it's a big thing to take in even if angels come and tell you that it's happened and it was a big call for them. Uh, it's something that is natural to be sceptical about, as Peter was, because it's something that is completely outside our normal human experience and what we expect to happen when someone dies. And so it was, people were sceptical on the first day, and there are still many people 2,000 years later who are as sceptical today about the resurrection of Jesus as the disciples of Jesus were on that first Sunday. Because... The resurrection is, an, is a really out there thing. It's completely unexpected. And so it's very easy for us to find other explanations for why the tomb of Jesus might have been empty or why Christians will claim that he rose from the dead. And this questioning and scepticism started very early, even a few days after the resurrection of Jesus. So the Jewish and the Roman leaders claimed that the disciples of Jesus had got together and, and created a kind of conspiracy to steal Jesus' body out of the tomb and then falsely claim that he'd risen from the dead. And many people would still believe today that that's what happened. Or perhaps there was no conspiracy, the disciples weren't trying to do anything wrong, but perhaps the story of what happened on that day has gotten confused and distorted over time. People told the stories about Jesus, they wrote it down, and legends and misinformation got involved, and eventually the story we have is not really what happened. Um... Obviously, because we can't, someone can't come back to life, people must have got it wrong or told the story wrong. Or perhaps we might say, well, Jesus couldn't come back to life, but perhaps we've just misunderstood what the disciples were saying. Perhaps they were saying that after the, after the death of Jesus, they started to feel a sense of inspiration, as though he was with him, them in their memory, um, living on in their hearts and, and the things that he taught them. So perhaps we're naive to say that he rose from the dead. We need to be more sophisticated about these things. So that's another theory, again, to explain something that's unexpected. Because all of those theories that I've just said are absolutely way less uh, confusing or difficult to accept than the idea that Jesus Christ actually rose physically from the dead and walked out of the tomb on the first Easter Sunday. We expect that people can be confused. We expect people can make mistakes. We don't expect people to, wo- to rise from the dead. And so those are the kinds of things that we might expect to happen. Uh, 
And that's, they're plausible, the problem being that they don't really explain the experience and the behaviour of Jesus and his disciples um, and the early church. Uh, the early Christians actually behaved as though something completely unexpected had happened to them that changed their view of the world, and the resurrection is the thing that we believe that did that. Uh, we have the saying, uh, expect the unexpected. You've probably heard people say that uh, many times. It's one of those things, if you think about it for a little while, it doesn't really make much sense at all, because if you expect something, then it isn't unexpected at all, perhaps. Um, but it is a wise piece of advice, actually, and a way of thinking about life, you know, because we know that there are lots of things that are going to happen to us that we're going to take us by surprise. So it's helpful for us to have a general attitude that we should be ready to accept that these things are going to happen rather than being overwhelmed uh, when surprising things happen. Um, the problem that the, the disciples of Jesus had on the first day uh, after the resurrection was that, uh, as the angels told them, they didn't expect the unexpected, and they should have. Um, they should have expected the unexpected to happen because Jesus had told them that it would. So we saw in our reading today, the angels said to the women in verses 5 to 8, when they came to the tomb, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he has risen. And they say, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And they remembered his words then. So what the angels are saying is to these women is, this shouldn't be a surprise to you. You should have expected this to happen. But they didn't. They didn't expect it at all. And they were very surprised or didn't even understand it when it happened. So it's interesting to think, why? Why were, they, why were they surprised, even though Jesus told them? And as the story goes on in the chapter and the, that follows what we read, we can see that the failure to understand or expect a resurrection uh, for the disciples of Jesus, it's not because they were stupid people or they hadn't perhaps been listening to what Jesus had said. Uh, the real issue was that believing and understanding the resurrection of Jesus is something that can take often a revelation or demonstration from Jesus himself for people to fully understand, for him to, to show them that he's alive for the, before they can grasp it, because it is so unexpected. So in the rest of, the, of chapter 24, after the reading that we had, we see that the disciples really only grasped the reality of the resurrection and their confusion turned to joy when Jesus actually appeared to them and opened their eyes and their hearts to understand what had happened. So in verses 13 to 35 of that chapter, there's a story of some of the disciples of Jesus walking together. It's on the road to a town called Emmaus. And there was someone who walked with them on the way, and they realised over time as he was talking with them and he sat down to eat with them, that it was Jesus. And they gradually came to understand what had happened. It took them a while for their eyes to open, though. And after that, we see again how Jesus appeared to the disciples during meetings in the night, and encouraged them to touch him, to touch the wounds, to see that he was a real person, he was alive again, he wasn't a ghost. They had to see him and touch him to understand. So there was a difference then for the disciples between hearing a prophecy of the resurrection, being told that it might happen, understanding it intellectually, maybe, some of them, and actually experiencing the reality of the risen Jesus, because there was so much against their expectations. So in Think about uh, the example of myself waking up in, in, in terror in a strange bed. You know, there's a difference between me 
thinking I must be somewhere safe and trying to figure out where I am and put it together, and someone just switching on a light so I can see what, uh, where I am. Uh, Jesus' resurrection, sw uh, um, appearing to his disciples, switched on a light for them to see what, it, what was going to happen. And the same is true for us today, I think, as it was for the disciples on the first Easter Sunday when it comes to the resurrection. Uh, some of us are going to be convinced that Jesus rose from the dead because we look at the evidence for it and are convinced by that. And some people are, and that's fantastic. But I think most of us probably won't quite understand or accept the resurrection of Jesus unless, in some way, Jesus reveals himself to us to our hearts, or to our minds. And so we become convinced that he is alive. Because the disciples were sceptical and the only answer to their scepticism was the answer that Jesus gave them, that he was real and he had risen, he really had risen from the dead. He revealed himself to them and that convinced them. So today, I think this is a good Easter Sunday to reflect again. What does it mean for us as Christians to say we believe in the resurrection of the dead? What are, we, what are we hoping? What are we claiming? What it means is that we actually have to be open to something completely unexpected and something that we don't see in our world. Because what the resurrection gives us is a new perspective on what God is doing, a new perspective on the world and what it's like. Particularly about how we think about death and the grief and sadness around death and what we expect that to be like. As Tim mentioned, we've been thinking in the last few weeks as we come up to Easter, about the idea of us being lost and the different ways people can be lost when it comes to God. And the ultimate way that we can be lost is by losing our life, finally, uh, and, and uh, the end of our life coming, to die and to be completely gone forever. And so the, the question that we have to have in the face of that lostness is, is there any hope in the reality of death? And if the world is as we are taught to expect it to be, if people don't come back to life, in a world where Jesus has not risen from the dead, then the best thing that we can do in the face of that reality of, our, of death is to come to a sad acceptance of it, to, to let go, to mourn, to move on, as the disciples of Jesus were ready to do for him that day. That's the best we can do, and to live in this world and the confusion and darkness of it. Um, and to accept that that's the way things are. But that's Easter Sunday and the celebration today tells us that that is not actually the way things are. That's not the way the world is and it's not the way God has made things. There's a, a new light that's come on to show us what it means to face death and the lostness around it. So the risen Jesus has revealed himself to us and changed that process of mourning into one that includes hope as well. So the world's still sad, we are lost in many ways, but that's not the final reality of the way things are going to be. And that's what it means to be a Christian. This light has gone on for us about what God's doing in the world. Jesus is alive, he is with us, and he wants us to live with him too. We were lost, but now we've been found, and we've found a new way. And that, just, that changes how we see the world, how we think about it, and also how we feel uh, as to have Christ with us. Um, when the disciples on the road to Emmaus, as I said, when they realised that they'd been walking and speaking with Jesus, that he was alive again, they turned to each other and they said, weren't our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? For Jesus to be with them 
and to be alive with them, it changed the way they felt and their hearts burned. There was a joy in their lives that they hadn't felt before, the joy of the resurrection and the hope that God had given them. So Jesus revealed himself to them so they could believe in the resurrection and feel its hope. And that's a feeling that Christians should know as Christ reveals himself to us now that he is alive and shows us the way we can feel about um, the hope that we have. So if, we're a Christ, if you're a Christian here today, we all know people who are lost, who need to know God um, and who are looking for him or need to, and need to know him. So our prayer should be that Jesus would reveal himself to people today again, so that their hearts can open, be open to him and they can celebrate with him too. If we've, been, we've, been, we've been asking our, our congregations this uh, Easter season to think about people they know and to pray for people in that way. And a, a wonderful prayer for people who don't know God is to pray that Jesus would reveal himself to him so that they would know that he's alive, so that they would be able to hear him and see him as the disciples did. Uh, perhaps you're here today and you're struggling to believe in the resurrection yourself. You find it to be a strange idea, it's not expected, it's hard to accept, and we know it is. So we pray that Jesus would reveal himself to you today, that he is alive, and you would feel in your heart and in your mind that that is true. But if you're here today and you already believe in the resurrection, then this is a day for us to open our hearts again and to let them burn with the joy of the risen Jesus. This is, he is risen. Jesus is with us. He is alive. So I'd like to encourage you to affirm with me again. We've said this a few times this morning. Um, our affirmation as Christians. We've got the... Uh, um, this, is, this, this, this is what it means to believe that Jesus is alive and to know in our hearts that it's true, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Can I hear that a bit more? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can affirm today that you are risen indeed. This is hard to understand, hard to believe. We pray that you would reveal yourself to our minds and to our hearts and open our awareness to your presence among us today. And we pray that those we know would come to see through us that you are alive and that our lives can be changed and your hope can enter into them. And we thank you for the joy of Easter uh, and the, that it has taken away our confusion in the face of death. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.